Welcome to the Restaurant Realty in 10. 10 minutes of uncensored straight talk for restaurant entrepreneurs. Twice weekly, the Restaurant Realty in 10 dives into restaurant operations, facilities, real estate, and investments. Welcome to the Restaurant Realty Show. This is your host, Michael Caro, and I want to welcome back to the program, Chef Blake Rushing. Blake with Union Public House. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So this episode, I want to go back eight years when I approached you and said, I want to start a Mexican restaurant with a flavor profile that I miss from my high school and college days in Arizona. I went to high school in Phoenix and college at the University of Arizona in Tucson. And when I moved to Florida 21 years ago, there's a lot of Mexican restaurants that were pleasing, but they did not satiate my appetite for that great Southwestern cuisine. So I said, I'm going to bring a taco restaurant to Pensacola. But of course, I'm not a chef. So I hired you and I said, Chef Blake, I want a menu and I designed the menu. Mm -hmm. And then I said, go to work. So walk me through the process from the day I told you what I wanted till about three or four weeks later when we hosted a taste test. So um, it was exciting. It's something I hadn't really worked on before. I haven't worked in a Mexican restaurant before, but I love that style of food. I love heat, I love big, big flavors. And so I just started thinking about the different sauces, the condiments, building each taco with the different flavors, with the, a different type of hot sauce, a different type of protein, whether it's corn or flour tortilla, different dips, um, all that kind of stuff and researching authentic style rather than just what I know. And then we put together a tasting at my house for all the owners and friends to get a general idea of what the consensus was of what I came up with. So let me set the stage. So Chef Blake gives me a call and says, I'm ready. And I said, all right, so how many people can we have? And you told me, I think there was about eight of us, eight of us at, yeah. at the table. And so I'm very strict when it comes to taste tests because I do understand the power of people's influence when they talk first. Whoever talks first can set the stage for whether or not if I, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, then the next person's going to feel bad if they didn't like it. So the way I run a taste test is I give everybody the same sheet of paper. It talks about the flavor, the presentation, what you like, dislike, the mouth feel, things of that nature that I want to hear in any specific details. You know, maybe, you know, this might taste a little bit better with more red onion or less, you know, things of that nature. So before we can actually talk about the menu item, they need to complete their profile on that item. And then I collect those sheets and then we can talk about it. And that's what we did that whole day. I mean, we spent several hours going through all these menu items. And I remember you just in that kitchen, whipping things up and serving it up. And it was a very awesome experience for me as well. It was a good time. Everyone seemed to like everything. And uh, it was interesting. And they did like everything. <laughs> so, so yeah, so he's hedging his bet. So what happened was at the end, you know, of course, everybody is doting on Chef Blake. They're saying, oh my God, this is amazing. We can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And I remember seeing everybody off. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming today. And then the door closes. Yeah. And I look at you and I said, that's not the menu I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Give me some details. So what I was actually looking for, and everybody did like the menu, but that's not what I wanted. I was not looking for a safe menu. I was not looking for something that everybody liked. I wanted a heat, a boldness that several people wouldn't like. If everybody at the table likes it, I did not achieve what I wanted. I wanted it to be powerful. I wanted the heat to be too high for some people. 
I'm not saying hot for the sake of being hot. I'm saying full of flavor, being bold. And you said, okay, I hear you. Let me go back to work. And you and I privately got back together in a couple weeks. Yeah, about two weeks from now. And so walk us through what happened then. So that's just, I think a lot of chefs would have an issue with ego and that sort of thing where it's what the what your client wants or what their idea is. It's not my taco restaurant. And so that's where the whole thing comes in where I was like, okay, well, I see what you're going for more so. Let's not be quite so safe and let's have some bigger heats. Let's get some hatch chilies. Let's have Michael drive queso and chips back to me from Texas for 10 hours so and deliver them doorstep. <laughs> that story um, was, so there's this one restaurant in Texas that I love their queso. And during your initial thing, it was a normal queso, but I mean, I wanted this big, bold queso that had hatched chilies in there. And so I said, Chef Blake, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I drove to Texas, got the queso, and I said, I've got the queso. I'm coming right back to you. And, and 10 hours later, I literally pulled up to your doorstep. You met me because I was so tired. Yeah. You met me at the car door. I handed it out. And I said, duplicate this. Yep. Chip, <laughs> chips and all. <laughs> chips and all. No, it was great. And I, I was actually, I got to learn a bunch of stuff on these menus. Is, uh, I'd never worked with hatch chilies. And I just, I love them now. But yeah, duplicating that. And then I started learning more about fermentations. That's when I started doing those with the hot sauces where you, we would take different chilies like habaneros or scotch bonnets or any of these chilies and puree them up with the salt, letting it sit out 24 hours overnight to ferment, adding vinegar and letting it sit another two to three weeks to develop that flavor. And that was where most of the hot sauces came from that were made for the, uh, the taco shop. And it was just, it was really cool not trying to worry about what the public reaction would be completely more so just kind of going out on a limb with bigger flavors that aren't normal to Pensacola, but normal to the Southwest. Yeah, and, and the taco shop still has a great loyal following based on those recipes. And, you know, those recipes have been in place now for, I think, seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. And great following at the restaurant. So thank you so much. Of course. So once we finalized the fact that we liked what you produced, walk me through how it goes from you to training of the employees so they can produce the same food you did. So the biggest thing was once we locked in all the flavors and all the, the menu we liked. It was building the recipes. Well, we had the recipes, but basically writing them down in a manner to where anyone could follow them. Well, and, um, and in batch sizes, right? In larger batches, because yeah. Because you were making stuff in a very small batch. Couple portions, yeah. But, you know, scaling that up to you know a higher volume restaurant is, is a little bit different. Right, exactly. And it never works as to where you can just triple it or double it or whatever. You've got to adjust for larger batches. They're always going to be different. It's not going to be the same as a, a small batch. So adjusting those recipes to where they'd be correct and then adjusting those same recipes that we did for the recipe file for the staff that was going to be working in the taco truck and saying watching it, doing it with them, and then seeing how it is a little bit different on a larger batch. We need to adjust this, tweak that, that kind of thing. Um, and then training these guys that we're really excited and enthusiastic and it was funny because after a couple of weeks of training i said all right guys i'm out and they're like wait where, where are you going <laughs> I go, you guys got this that's it i was here to do do this and well i will it say it is tough having somebody of your talent you know always there walking them through walking them through and then you know you're like the the mommy bird pushing them out of the yeah. nest i mean that's that's tough it was cool though they were i mean they they had it that was a, that was a really good crew well, I can tell you it was a great experience. The menu is still as solid today as it was back then, and, and we thank you for all that and look forward to our next venture together. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Restaurant Realty in 10. 
If you're interested in restaurants, whether operations, facilities, buying, leasing, or investment, the Restaurant Realty in 10 is for you. Please subscribe to this podcast, and you can also visit therestaurantrealty.com for show notes, topics, and additional information.